Hi, and welcome back to the Bridgerton Bitches. Today we're talking all about episode four of season two. My name's Christina. And I'm Natalie. And yeah, we're looking at season two, episode four, which is called The Victory. Uh, so we're going to look at our best bits. And I should know by now the structure, but I'm just scrolling down <laughs> to my notes. Shockers uh, <laughs> and eye rolls. Yep. Um, what else? Predictions. I've got a prediction section here and then I've got some questions about some of the things that happen for either you to answer or for Chris to answer. Cool. So we'll start with best bits, but just before we kick off with that, it's a lovely summery evening tonight in the UK and we're just having a little cheeky drink. So mm-hmm. what are you drinking, Nat? I'm drinking apple cider. But I don't think it's wow. from Devon. It's from Spain. How about you? What are you drinking? I am drinking a lovely uh, peach gin with tonic, and it's very nice. Classy. Lovely. Cool. So if we start slurring later on, you guys know uh, what the reason is. And if it gets really inappropriate, blame it on the drink. So we've got an out. We've got an out. Nice. So do you want to kick off? What's your first best bit that you've got from episode four? Okay, so I kind of started small here, but one of the little things I thought was really cute is how Mama... Bridgerton puts her arms around Eloise and Penelope when they're hosting this Bridgerton party and it felt like in doing that both Penelope um, is included as part of the family like a daughter and I wonder if there was a bit of foreshadowing there around her becoming a daughter in the future can I also yeah and a little bit deeper I also thought that Penelope's dress was like a, a very pale lime green and Eloise's dress was like another colour. And together they matched the dress that Mama Bridgerton was wearing. So it was like... They... Oh, wow. You went total deep dive there. I was not expecting that. I had to hold I, my I breath. I went very shallow. And my yeah. comment was, Penelope's wearing a green dress, not a yellow dress. <laughs> Can you see how mine was much more simple than yours? Yeah, but... a lot less complicated. That's why wow. you're happier in life, though, isn't it? Because you think less. So that, That's true. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was just happy to see her not in yellow. And I think I probably comment on that every episode, how annoying that is. I think you're right. I think they're starting to foreshadow something going on. And I've got mm. comments about that later with something Colin does. Um, mm. My One of my best bits, I don't know if this is, my, we might have to be jumping back and forward a little bit, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a scene between Anthony and Kate and um, it's when they're on the hunting expedition um and and it might be just before that sorry he says uh they're talking about the bee sting situation from the episode before and he says to her in a very accusational way you put my hand on your bosom and she was like to show you I was unhurt and uh she says something like you were the one that was overcome which I thought was really funny because basically she's implying that Anthony was just so overcome by the fact that he had his hand on her, on her, well, not quite breast. Um, I liked that. She yeah. accused him, even though like he's a massive player, he slept with loads of women. And then she's like, oh, you were so overcome because your hand touched my chest. I was like, he's done way worse than that, love. Were you thinking she should get over herself a little bit? Probably, yeah. I would have loved it if Anthony had turned around and said, look, love, to be honest, I've done things to a woman that would make you piss your pants. <laughs> like... Exactly. Like, I think he can handle it. Um, so, But can he, to... though? Wow. He seems to know. really like her. Like, he had a heart attack when she overstepped that 
that trunk. Oh, yeah. He basically had like a mini stroke. I was like, Anthony, yeah. are you all right? And I was yeah, like, so you've, when she... you've gone down on, I'm sorry, this is getting real. He's probably gone down on prostitutes and done a lot more than that. That's too much. I'm so sorry. Can <laughs> we delete we that? that? <laughs> we'll delete. But can that's... we edit that out? Yeah, we can edit wow. that out. But, but he's <laughs> oh done. But he has done like loads and loads of stuff, and and then for him to be just so overcome and overwhelmed when she oversteps and showed a bit of thigh. Maybe yeah, he that is was... a bit. Maybe he is. Yeah, that was really far though. Like, I mean, even in those days, showing your ankle. I mean, Regency dresses, I suppose, were a little bit shorter, but even showing your ankle was like, ooh, I mean, she show her whole leg up to, like, over her knee. I was about, like, steady on. Um, that um, was so shocking. We'll come back to that, though, later with shocking. But you think that one of your best bits was what their dialogue? I just liked that she accused him, and she was like, you were the one that was overcome. And I found that amusing because in, the, in terms of experience, she's the virgin. He's a rake. Like, I just thought that was quite amusing. Yeah. Um, and... I just want to point something out. So I I read the book. No, I haven't read book two. Uh, this whole beasting thing actually happened quite differently in book one. Uh, sorry, in book two. Um, so in real, in the book, this is crazy. I had to Google it because I didn't really believe it. Um, when Kate gets stung by a bee, Anthony has to, uh, well, he sucks the venom from her, from her bracelet chest area. Mm-hmm. So it happens very differently. And that's overseen by people. Did you know that? I didn't know it was overseen by people. So at the end of the podcast today, I am going to review some of the comments that people left on some of our questions. Mm-hmm. And that actually came up. One of the comments people left okay. was that the book was very different from. Maybe yeah, so we that... should chat about that later then. Yeah, because that was very much um, from kind of episode two. But in terms of the episode today, there were so many best bits I loved. I was laughing Whilst... up. Just before we move on from this scene, I've put gun foreplay. What did you think about the whole gun foreplay thing? It was really intense foreplay. Um, I rewound, played, fast forwarded, rewound, played, paused, and I definitely <laughs> saw him. <laughs> I definitely saw him do touch a bit of side boob. I don't mean to be crude there. Oh, but there really was really like you to be crude. I know <laughs> it's really unusual. So it was really shocked because he clearly put his right hand. And it brushes her side boob as he's readjusting, in inverted commas, the gun. It was it was really sexual. There was so much. I, there was so much physicality in this episode. I think what I'm struggling is I'm finding it odd because one moment they're being really stilted and quite hateful and venomous to each other. Mm. The next minute he's doing a massive flirtation thing with the gun which is like Mm -hmm. a massive trope let me show you how to swing this thing or pull this arrow like it happens in a lot of romantic things oh my god you're so right yeah and I just thought it was a bit predictable and also I just thought I can't keep up with where you are one minute you're hating each other it was kind of hot I suppose but I don't know him positioning the gun into her boob area wasn't hot but what was hot for me is how he was like breathing in her scent when his face was next to hers, closing his eyes, that deep breathing. Yeah, that was kind of cool. And I, like yourself, have got whiplash from the I like you, I don't like you. But then I realised this is why the bee sting scene was so important in the previous episode, because that, like, punched a fist through that ice. And ever since <laughs> yeah. then, ever since then, they keep... It's almost like they had a taste of that in- like physical closeness. And ever since then, it's like they can't help themselves... So I get it now. Yeah. 
I didn't love Kate's attitude on the hunting trip though. I found her really obnoxious and defensive and kind of rude, like all the way through, like, oh, I'd like to follow my own tracks and not do this. And I know best. And I don't love that. I, I think it's supposed to be like, I don't know, bouncing off each other and having, uh, I just found her really obnoxious. Hmm. I really want to know if people found her obnoxious I kind of find it found it refreshing and she was right and I just wish that she'd known how to hold a gun because then I feel like it would have been a real um you know Anthony I do know what I'm doing or maybe that was just his excuse to get close to her maybe she was holding it absolutely fine and he yep was getting handsy um I found it funny when Anthony said oh when she says, oh, I can see something in the woods, he says, it'll signify little if you hold your gun in that way. And I yeah. just thought, oh, you're funny. Like, sassy Anthony yep. coming out to play. Like um, So, and I described the the way that they are, they are still, aren't they, together? They're holding the gun, but they're not really focused on what they're doing. And they're in that, this, this really heady spell. Um, and I just thought that was really lovely, the way they were breathing they were heavy breathing I'm, I just guess I like heavy breathing <laughs> yeah a lot of people have noticed the amount of heavy breathing uh, in Bridgerton um yeah. are you ready to move on to the next bit no I'm okay. not ready I'm not ready at all don't rush me no sorry I mean like the next part of the scene oh yeah because my next best bit is um I've put stormy bedtime again mm. a massive trope very predictable as soon as the thunderstorm came on and she was lying in bed I was like right now she's going to get up and go to the room of the house and Auntie's going to get up and go to the other room of the house like bless Bridgerton it's cute but it's really predictable <gasps> oh you condescending wow I'm sorry I had to say it it's very predictable so like she's in the library oh Anthony comes into the library they have this moment when they're alone in the storm um I mean long lingering glances um, I would have kind of liked it if they kissed in the storm. Just me or you if into they, that? If they had done that, you'd have been like, OMG, it's such a trope. It was so predictable. <laughs> you can't you can't win with you, love. No, I, I know mm. what you mean about the storm. Um, I thought it was a lovely opportunity for them to connect over their dads. And I think they needed that quiet, uninterrupted time, the ambience of the, the storm to set that. So I, and I thought, I I gotta say when he's talking about how his dad died her reaction was perfect like I felt her yeah. eyes were so expressionful and yeah. you could tell he he almost sounded embarrassed oh he was stung by a bee and then he looks up at her as if to test is she gonna laugh at me what, what is she gonna what's her reaction and then he sees that she's like oh my god that's awful and then he kind of opens up a bit more I just thought that was such a perfect scene I really liked that yeah you're right and I really liked the bit where he takes the book from her and he kind of runs his hands over it and turns it over and he's like this was my dad's possession and then he hands it back to her it was almost to say this is a really important thing and I'm allowing you to be part of it and it was just like it was just quite lovely the way he handled the book and gave it back to her yeah and I felt like he was touching her by proxy like through the book so he was like yeah maybe a book and then he was giving it to her and it almost felt like that's the closest he could get to touching her was Mm. through that mutual object Um, yeah I just thought that was so beautiful and I thought she conveyed the sadness and her her kindness really well for her that maintained eye contact 
the thing I'm I am struggling with it every time I kind of feel like oh yeah I like where this is going I'm kind of pulled out of it because at the same time I feel like she's cheating on her sister yeah and I don't like it and I'm like I'm finding it really hard to be like wanting to support their relationship and their romantic scenes when all along I'm thinking well you're really screwing over your sister right now and it just pulls me right out of it yep a hundred percent and so that scene there are a lot of eye roll moments or shocker scenes for me which is all about that and I really mm. didn't like her walking over the log scene by the way I thought that was really awful but I'll come back to why I thought that what um, log scene sorry so when they go hunting and she purposely hitches up her dress excessively high to walk over <laughs> the log. you think she did it on purpose do you, you think she's been a player 1055 no. it was totally and it was a twig she did mm. not need to shift it up that high I think it's more that she's just a tomboy and she gets really wrapped up in things like women aren't supposed to be into hunting. And so she just threw up her skirt to get over a log because she's practical and she's tomboyish. I did not see it as her being like a seductress at all. She was using her sexuality. She hitched that skirt so high. For what reason? Was she overstepping a lake or a swamp? (laughs) It was a twig. There was no need for her to hitch it up that high. You know what? Let's... Right, let's I'm, ask Facebook. I need to reel okay. me in, reel me in. I'm going to come let's back to that Facebook later. Let's ask Facebook and see what people think, see okay. who they agree with. Okay. But I will come back to why I hated it so much. Okay, so we've got to the bit where they're, at, they're in the library, there's that storm scene. Oh, um, I adored the piano and the music at the start of that, that thunder and lightning scene. Did you like that? Ooh, when they're lying in bed. I don't know if I remember it. Oh, it was so beautiful. Oh, okay. I don't think I noticed it, not going to lie. There's only one piece of music I noticed, which I'll get to later. Okay. What was your next best bit? Um, Just like funny random bits, really. So when Anthony's in the office, Daphne walks in mm. and she's giving her opinion. And um, I really liked it when Anthony says... I certainly missed the grace and I thought oh that's nice because you know the grace had a good friendship before and then he says Mm. in the duke's absence you have become quite middlesome yeah he's mean I thought oh do you want some aloe vera gel for that burn because that was a good burn yeah he's mean to her I was thinking this I was thinking this actually I was like does Anthony actually like his family because I would love to be part of the Bridgerton family I think they're lush I'd love to have loads of brothers and sisters to like have fun with and just joke around with and I feel like the way he treats Daphne is just not it's kind of cold I thought I mean maybe he is just annoyed at her that she's interfering but even in series one I felt like he was quite cold with her he feels really disconnected from the family I don't feel like he's dis- he's connected at all with them. I don't know if we will find out more about this from like the heart to heart. I want you to, know, but... I think it's because he had to stand in and become like almost like the father. So he mm. doesn't treat them like a sibling. Mm. It's almost like that father, you know, head of the family thing, which I think we discussed in the last episode. Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, maybe he feels resentful that he had to fill that really big space. The, they clearly all really admired his dad and yeah. his mum wasn't there. And maybe there is that sense of my needs don't come first anymore. I've had to step in as two parents because mum went AWOL, dad's died, dead. And also, I think there's a lot of guilt around seeing his dad die and not being able to save his dad. And he does That's say so in the sad. library scene, it was so humbling that like, he must be terrified as well. 
of these. Yeah, he clearly is. Um, within that scene, um, oh, hang on, maybe it was just before. Daphne says at some point, Bridgertons need a challenge. Edwina is basically, she says, Edwina's too perfect. Yeah. And I agree. She says something like, oh, she's the perfect diamond. She knows when to smile and what to say. Firstly, I was like, Daphne, get over yourself because yeah. you're kind of talking about yourself because you were the diamond. Um, and secondly, I'm like, yeah, I agree. Edwina is trying so hard to be perfect. I think it sacrifices any sense of personality or charisma. I know. Sorry. I thought you I was going really so harsh on Edwina. Harsh. So harsh. I really love Edwina. Again, I, this is a question I want to point. I want to put out there for people. Do you love or hate Edwina or are you kind of in the middle? I actually really like her. I don't hate her. I just struggle to find anything interesting about her. It's <laughs> very close. It's, you're kind of bordering on strong dislike. I will mm. come back to what you've said because that was one of my eye rolls or shockers, I think, what you've just said. Daphne's mm. attitude towards Edwina. I have something to say about that. Maybe um, because they're quite similar. You know, when you, you sometimes take a dislike to somebody because they have traits that are similar to your own. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Um, I mean, spoiler alert, you did kind of just rain on my parade. Like, that was kind of what I was going to... It's oh, fine, really? we'll just move on. No, it is. I didn't, I didn't pick up on that at all. Um, um, Daphne, see. basically, from day one, has tried to insinuate that Aunt, Anthony and, and Kate are more suited. And I think, again, this library conversation is her trying to to bring that up again yeah so yeah I, I agree with that um before we look at my okay I'm just going to go with the next best bit the dance scene so mm-hmm. what I loved oh what I loved is that moment where Anthony looks at Kate and I actually rewound and played it again so the moment that he looks at Kate asks her for her hand pause wait for response <laughs> watch his answer for dance it was like literally like 16 seconds of constant eye contact it was really nice. intense and I loved it so much made me want to cry that was one of my favorite bits of this whole yeah. episode just before we started recording this I rewatched a bit and I just got to the scene where they were dancing and you ruined it because you said oh I'm ready now um so you, you ruined the moment for me but I will say I was really loving mm. firstly the music. I'm not a massive fan um, in some of the remakes of the of the modern music they've made in the show, but I felt like that music was just so good. And I even liked the dance choreography uh, that they did along with the music. Um, yeah. And you're right, there was some nice, I'm struggling with the eye contact. And I said this before we press record and I'm gonna say it again, the way Anthony is looking at Kate I think is overacted and it's almost like eyes open wide intense stare whereas I felt like the way he looked at Sienna in season one was just so emotional and intense and just perfect I don't think the chemistry between him and Kate is as good and I don't know if people are going to like hate that I'm saying that yeah and I'm going to be at the front of that protest with my pitchfork after you because I don't know what you're talking about me <laughs> I thought I am hooked I didn't want to be I resisted but I can't help myself I can't help Nip, myself say what you said before we press record you said your friends said the same thing that the eye contact was just a little bit off I don't remember that no I don't remember oh interesting that. we press record and now you don't remember okay so I made my friends watch um the first episode of Bridgerton and do you know 
they I was embarrassed because I love a bit of eye contact I was like guys it's really romantic it's really intense and they were and they were pissing themselves laughing there you go I was obviously really embarrassed because I'd invested in that friendship and now we can't be friends anymore but they did think it was over the top and I I agree with you I can't agree with you you know how much I love Anthony okay Anthony was my favorite character in season one um I loved him so much his acting was incredible I'm finding a very different Anthony in season two. No. I don't oh, know what's no. happened. I, you know, I still like him, but it's not quite there for me. I would have agreed with you in season two, episode one and two, but something changed in season two, episode three and four. And I'm loving how he's portraying like this conflict and this tortured soul. I'm loving that mm. eye contact. Okay, so I've, I've typed that out as a question. We'll that have to agree to disagree on that one. And we're going to have to go to Facebook and see what everyone else thinks. I think we're going to have to disagree to disagree because <laughs> <laughs> I really want to fight you on this. But no, let's see what people say. Um, um, but within, sorry, go on. No, that, that was it. Within this ball scene, because I've got a couple best bits within this scene before we move on. Um the Featherington, oh my God, Lady Featherington knows what she is doing. She has a plan. She is puppet master. So getting Prudence to go to the orangery and then getting Cousin Jack to get, go to the orangery, pulling all the strings. And I was like, wow. Um, what did you think of that? That was not my best bit. I almost found it a bit boring. I, to me, that was under shocker. So what was, what was, your, what was your best bit reason for that? Um. Again, I guess I was just surprised because, like I said before, Bridgerton can be quite predictable, and I wasn't predicting that. Um, even though I suppose Lady Featherington has been scheming throughout season one and this season, I guess I was kind of surprised that she's maneuvered this crazy plot for Cousin Jack to marry um, Prudence, and it worked. I was not expecting it to work. No, it was very funny. I, yeah, I've put that more in my shockers. I. But I guess I can admire her cleverness. Something I forgot to add in the dance scene, and this is under my best bits, but I do have a criticism here. So when Anthony and Kate are dancing, and it's intense, um, he he says something to her like, do you want me to stop this engagement? Um, And I'm like, too soon. That's something you would say really far in, where you're like, look, we have feelings for each other. Tell me tell me you don't want me to do this and I will not do it I was thinking way too soon for him to be even asking her that were you thinking the same thing so again this was under shockers so I'm gonna go with it but I don't want to encourage this kind of jumping from topic to topic you're very strict with the sections I apologize I am strict I just think the listeners are gonna get really confused by this (laughs) but we'll stick with it um I'm confused the listeners are fine. Don't blame the listeners if I'm, you're the only one that's confused in this I'm situation. I'm so confused. Um, okay, so I think I felt that it, I don't feel like, how can he be confident enough at this stage to know that she feels the same way? And there's a scene that comes up afterwards that clarifies that he doesn't know. He thinks she hates him. It's like there's an there's an instinct that there's something between them, but not enough, like you say, to put yourself out there and say, yeah. And you're, so I do think you're right. And I think it was very vulnerable of him to speak in that way. And even now in modern day times, maybe I'm a bit of a coward. I probably am. I don't think I'd put myself out there now. Never mind a thousand years ago, whenever this was set, to put yourself out there on a dance floor with a woman that acts like she hates you one moment 
Yeah, I agree. It was far too soon. It didn't really make sense. And even I think Kate's reaction was just like, what? Of course not. But also... Of course not. <laughs> I, I, I thought during this dance scene where they're getting very close and they're staring at each other, I was thinking, oh my God, this is the moment where Edwina is going to realise. Because quite oh. often in costume dramas, when the two love rivals start to dance and they stare at each other and they realise they've got feelings, that's when people look and I think Lady Danbury was watching them and I think she was clocking it and I was like oh my god Edwina's gonna find out and she's gonna storm out and it's gonna be a big scene she doesn't Edwina is so clueless I would have loved that to have happened but I guess it can't because I'm guessing they're gonna try and drag this whole situation thing on for as long as possible Mm. I talk about Lady Danbury later but no you're right can I say that the dance moves are unlike any that I've seen before so they stand they stand up spoon which is yeah. a dance move. I have so a stand-up spoon. So when they're stand-up spooning, he's standing right behind her, um, and he has his hand on her bosom where she was bit by that bee. So this is oh, a really? dance. Yeah. So the dance move that they're doing. I, I mean, I don't know if her hand is there first and his hand is on top, but it seems quite sexual. <sighs> Okay, for, And for everyone in that room, I mean, I assume it, they are following a standard dance routine and everyone in that room is doing the same, but it felt very intimate. He was literally re- really spooning her. And then they were looking at the sister and I was like, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't like the sister thing at all. I'm sure he had his hand around her waist. I need to rewind and look again. But um, no, that the sister issue comes up for me in the shocker and eye roll stuff. Um. In terms of best bits, I love it when he finds out that she's going to return to India. Oh, yeah. When they're in that room together alone. No, when they're dancing. Ah, okay. So this is the breakdown of his facial expressions from my perspective. Confused, sad, blinks, blinks, trying to process feelings, then sad little boy and then runs away. That was what I saw. Wow. So I think you could see that it affected him more than he realised. And then he left the dance floor abruptly, which can okay. cause drama. Because I think I've written down best bits for the next scene you're describing. So when they're in, the, she follows him into that room, wherever they are. And he's like, yeah, freaking out and pacing and bending over the desk. Like, you know, clearly, again, though, I feel like it's too soon. Like, why is he upset she's going to India when it's weird? Um What I love, 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 though, is when Daphne kind of gets her um, own back when she basically they're about to kiss or something and they're getting really, really close face to face. Part of me was pissed off that Daphne interrupted like quite a good scene. Mm. But then when she breaks it up and um, Kate leaves, (laughs) um, she was basically like, what's going on? Why were you in here together? And Anthony's like, because she is aggravating. And then Daphne's like, oh, is that what I was witnessing? as if like oh roles reversed Anthony remember when you came in on me on the Duke and you like lost your shit and I thought that was rather amusing I love that they had that role reversal and to be fair if you were Daphne you would have been such a little bee yeah you would have rubbed it in you'd be a complete nightmare to be fair to her Daphne was really cool she She should have gone up she should have slapped Kate round the face and challenged her <laughs> to a duel. No, yeah, you're Just right. to be like, you know what? We're even. No, no, this is perfect. They should have, like, rolled around, hit, thumped, really exactly copied it. 
No, yeah. you want, and then done the jewel. And actually, Daphne <laughs> should have shot. She should have shot Kate, <laughs> which is exactly what, um, what's his face? Anthony did to the Duke. Mm-hmm. So she's, she's, um, she was within her rights there. I bet that felt so good when she walked in on that and she was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, see, it happens, doesn't it? It happens, but- Anthony. But on the other hand, part of me was kind of confused why Daphne was so surprised because I was like, you've been staring at those two since episode one thinking there's something going on. So part of me was like, she could have just been really smug and was like, I knew it. I knew you had feelings of her, but she did seem actually quite surprised. I suppose it's one thing to have your, your dad, it's one thing to have an inkling and a feeling and another to see two people in that situation because they are, they should be engaged from what she saw they are committed yeah in those days it would have been quite extreme yeah um I have a couple of other straggler best bits do you Mm -hmm. yes um I said that I like the tree trunk situation I like the eye contact and how he breathes out in a breathy groan like he is lost in the moment well that was quite uh sorry what bit are you referring to exactly when tree trunk you know when you said that you liked how she was like you were overcome and he was like no you were overcome and she was like no mm. you were overcome and then they just shut up and then they just look at each other and there's like the heavy breathing I was like I like that and he's yeah. like breathing her in it's he seems to like her neck for some reason mm. um okay do you have a best bit that you want to share uh my I just realized my best bits are actually just kind of questions so yeah, I think after this podcast, you and I need to talk a little bit more about how to structure this thing. <laughs> keep to the guidance, but it's fine. It's okay. It's okay. You? It's fine. You'll get there. You'll get oh, there. Thank um, you. Okay. Thank you for being patient with me. I really like this moment. These are micro moments, okay? But okay. I would really like to know if anyone else likes these micro moments. So I like it when Kate, um, she walks over to the table to join Edwina and Anthony. And he stares, he stands up to greet her and then he stares at her before they both sit down. And, oh, and yeah. when Edwina was like, oh, my sister was stung by a bee. And he says, are you well? And she says, I was fine. And then he continues to look at her. The more I describe him, the more pervy I make him sound. <laughs> I just don't get how Edwina is not getting it at all. I feel bad for her because she thinks her sister has her best interests at heart. So she's so oh, trusting don't. and naive. It kills me. It's actually uncomfortable. I'm um, uncomfortable by it. Yeah, it, it does. Uh, um, I really love, what did you think of the scene where Kate and Anthony are talking about women hunting and Benedict's in the background? What did you think of that? Yeah, I kind of liked it when... Um... Auntie just laughs when uh, Edwina's like, no, I assure you, my lord, my sister can shoot very well. And he just laughs and goes, yeah, sure she can. Um, And I was just like, I liked how, I don't know, I liked at the same time, I I do find Kate quite defensive and obnoxious. I don't love that. But I like how Benedict was like, well, in our private land, let's give it a go. Like he's, I don't know. Love Benedict. He's so cool. I love Benedict in this series. But you can't have him because you had Anthony in season one. So you can't switch brothers now. That's not fair. Mm. Um, I'm I still like... finding Colin boring. I'm sorry. I think he's a dark horse. I think something's going to happen. I hope something happens because he's boring me to tears. <laughs> sorry, Colin. Sorry, not sorry. So sometimes playing it safe doesn't work out then because you like the appeal that he had of loyal, safe, stable. 
he's like husband material because obviously Benedict is sleeping around and doesn't know what he wants and so is Anthony so I was just going for the safe option how's that working out for you (laughs) it's boring I think that's what I've learned enter affair with Anthony the brother (laughs) um I liked it that Benedict says maybe Miss Sharma can teach you a thing or two and that felt like a little bit I love the family banter in this season and that Mm. felt like a little bit of a dig because do you remember in episode two I think when they have the flashback of Anthony teaching and being taught how to fight and how to hunt and he says something like oh Benedict and Colin are basically taking the piss out of me because I still can't I can't shoot anything so I really like how in this episode Benedict was like oh maybe she'll teach you a thing or two you can see that there's like an insecurity there for him okay and I think that's what drives his competitive nature oh wow that was super deep fair play oh cool gold star I love stickers um do you want to go on to shockers or do you have any more micro um best bits as you call them I like that Marina told Colin to wake up when, when he goes okay. to visit Maria. I'd like to stop you there because you were very strict on the sections and that whole Marina Collin thing to me is either in shockers or eye rolls. What? Yeah. It ain't in best bits. What? But she says what I think everyone needs to hear when they're at primary school. Which is? Love is a lie and the fantasy doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> it would well, save a lot of heartache. I... I'm sorry I didn't understand the point of this whole storyline firstly I put shocker why does Colin want to visit Marina um why would Marina's husband be okay with her ex-boyfriend slash almost fiance visiting I put they've got zero chemistry and she just seemed really keen to get rid of Colin. Like she basically let him drink his tea. She was like, oh, you must be wanting to get back. Like she said so many things that you say when you want someone to get the F out of your house, basically. Yeah. Um, and I was like, and then she had that awful robotic speech. I've put ro- mm. robot speech to him. You are a boy. We have built a life together. Um, and, and the way she speaks to him was really robotic. And I was like, I don't know what this is doing apart from allowing Colin to let go of Marina and move on with Penelope which is just a bit boring I think that has to be the function and when when she says you have been here only two hours or something yeah and he says I didn't mean to offend you and she says you did not offend me (laughs) yeah zero zero one zero zero Um, I'm sorry zero chemistry and then I was like oh I know why they've got zero chemistry because they had zero chemistry in season one yeah that's what's going on here yeah and the thing is unfortunately she was the passionate one wasn't she um and Colin was the receptor and now she's yeah (laughs) yeah and also like he's like you seem unhappy and I was like what is it that seems unhappy like you were having tea and she was like well that's a fascinating story Colin about your trips to Greece like I didn't think she seemed overly unhappy and then like were they trying to imply that her husband was super boring because he was into flowers and plants and she was like oh my god this is so boring and I was like you know what Marina like what have you done today like you've sat around and drunk tea and looked out of the window for half an hour like Mm. when her husband's like oh I'm sorry dearest my interests you know get ahead of me what have you been doing and I was like yeah Marina f all yeah and so she pipe down yeah and then I felt like maybe like maybe he feels like he's boring and he hasn't given her enough mm. attention 
I, I reckon she could be a bit I you know what we don't talk about actually how it must be quite sad for him to have settled for the woman yeah. who clearly doesn't love him he is a I will I want to see a backstory to him and his life because I don't know if she appreciates him or loves him I have so many questions relating to that whole relationship so I've got under shockers Colin goes to see Marina why so what is mm. your hypothesis around why he goes to see Marina? I thought it was stupid because he clearly went away like you know when you have a breakup and you just feel like escaping mm. that's exactly what he did he left to try and move on him visiting Marina is supposed to show us that actually Colin didn't move on he's really loyal he still loves her but that was pointless because Marina has moved on. There's no future because she's married. Part of me was thinking, oh, my God, are they just going to start a really sordid affair? Like when they were alone together in the dining room, I was like, are they just going to have sex on the dining table? Is this going to be hot? Mm-hmm. Nope, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. So she is basically giving him permission for the storyline to progress. And when she says, I'm not interested, never will be, move on. Um, also, P.S. Did you know that Penelope is a great catch? Here you go. And I was like, oh, so this is just a story device. This is a plot device. It, it felt like it wasted our time. It was a plot device. I agree with you. And I think they needed it to happen because they didn't want him to look like a jerk who basically I suppose so. abandoned this pregnant woman and she yeah. had to be married off. So I think that's why they did it because it was all very much about him saying, I feel really bad about how we treated Marina. I feel really bad. I feel really guilty. But he says something to Marina that makes me think, is he still in love with her? He says something like, um, your yeah. husband's very am- amiable. I wonder I wonder what life would have looked like if we'd made it work, which to me is an opening to, shall we? Well, that's the thing. He went there knowing she was married. And some of the things he was saying sounded like he was suggesting that they should have an affair. Mm. And I was like, but Colin is supposed to be very fair and very loyal and very to the book. Um, and I just think that is totally unacceptable. And I just don't think it's something Colin would have done. What did he say that made you feel that he was suggesting they have an affair? Just when he was like, you can't tell me that your husband makes you happy. You seem unhappy. You seem bored. Um, do you not wonder what could have been between us? Like all those kinds mm-hmm. of things insinuating that they should try. I don't know. Don't, don't you think that? Or that he wants to redeem himself. Maybe he wants to step in as the role of, of her saviour because he's got no he's got no function. He says as well, doesn't he? He says it doesn't feel like he feels like he's got a function at the moment. So maybe and it was weird. Yeah. Maybe like he was... he's a little bit delayed and he's now thinking maybe now I can come and I can save her from this boring marriage. But I don't think that would have been appropriate back then. No, you're right. I, I, it was all a bit weird. And and then he was like telling her about his travels. And then he was kind of um, kind of teasing himself by saying, oh, I've got lots of things to say, haven't I? And she was like, it's OK, Colin. I don't find them boring. And then he made an olive oil joke that just deadpanned it like total tumbleweed in the scene. And I was just like, yeah. And how many hours had he spent on the boat back to England? Like imagine thinking of that joke. And imagine yeah. how everyone would be rolling around laughing, like his face. Oh, just... and he wrote it down in his little notebook. Oh. And I bet he practiced a few times, and maybe he got it a little bit mixed up. He got it a little bit wrong. <laughs> he said the wrong thing. And he was probably really pleased when it came out right the first time. Yeah. So the energy between him and Marina was dumb. She clearly didn't want him there. Um also, what I don't like is she had to spell it out to him, like, hey. 
ask out Penelope she likes you she's a nice girl and now I feel like oh great so if he does go there and ask Penelope would he not have done that if Marina hadn't suggested it because now well that's not great I don't think you need to worry about that Colin ain't getting it no she was nah she mentioned Penelope and he was like oh what and then (laughs) and he still ain't getting it like I think that's fine I think the He's not meant to get it, is he? He's not meant to see Penelope yet uh, as a okay. potential. But um, I think we get we get a sense now of why him going to see Marina. It was closure. It was his first heartbreak, wasn't it? And he's got closure now. And she's not the woman that he remembers. But so he needed so. what I really loved. Do we still do a quote section? No, we got rid of that. Yeah. But okay, what I really liked is that he says, do you ever, and I need to actually follow this advice, he says, do you ever look at the past and wonder what might have been? And Marina says, that is a fool's form of torture. You should yeah. leave the past in the past. And I was like, yeah, it I is like a that. torture. It is a form of torture. And then she said, I had to face up to my life and make my own practical decisions or something. Um, we are not guaranteed a fairy tale ending. You need to wake up. And I was like, yeah, I might get that tattooed somewhere where I can see <laughs> it every day, <laughs> like my face. Mm. Because it's true, and and it is true, actually, yeah. So, do you think it's sad? I mean, Marina's turned from a romantic to a a practical person. Um, do you think that's sad, or do you think it's necessary for the world that she lives in? I mean, yeah, that's a good question. Part of me feels it's sad because I think a part of us always dreams of having this fairy tale romance, don't we? But mm. I do think that the reality of life is that, you know, stuff happens, unfortunately. So I think she's yeah. got a very realistic dose. And part of me wants to just say to all of the Bridgertons, you're not entitled to this amazing, wonderful love story. Like, actually, maybe it'd be quite nice if some of them did just end up in relationships which were okay. Because it's, <laughs> otherwise it's perpetuating this belief, this fantasy that you... That you're going to meet someone like the way that Anthony and Kate have and that can make people quite depressed like, I actually wonder how many people watch this tv show in a relationship who are like wow I hate my life like why can't I have that kind of romance I bet you there are people who think that it reminds me of the movie Austin Land which I think is really funny it's the same thing this woman is obsessed with like Jane Austen romances and finding the perfect guy and then no normal guy can ever uh, reach her expectations and then she goes to Austin land and she realizes it's all just bullshit yeah um I guess that's true and I, I think if Marina lived in a different time like she lived now in the 21st century she wouldn't have to settle in a way yeah. I think she is a product of her time so she got she got screwed over didn't she like she didn't realize she was gonna get pregnant she didn't realize that guy was not going to be there for her like she had to make some very adult life decisions based yeah. on very little knowledge so I think actually part of me feels like actually it's good that she's put that fantasy to bed because imagine living a life where that fantasy can never even happen for you. You've got to appreciate what you've got in front of you, that gratitude. Yeah. I think actually that's a healthier place to be. And also um, I'd never felt like Marina and Colin had lots of chemistry and this deep love and this passion. So when he comes to her, I think why would she be tempted? He was a vehicle for her to solve a problem. She, I think she was never passionately in love with him. So him turning up, why would she be tempted to cheat on her husband? I think it would be different if 
they had had this wild love affair, maybe she would be tempted and be like, you know what, Colin, I do still love you. Let's keep this secret. I can't live without you. So I kind of thought, really? Like, there's just yeah. no, I'm just not feeling it at all. You're right. And if, if the feeling was mutual, then he would have made it work with her. But you're right. It, it felt very superficial, didn't it? And, mm-hmm. and so I think the reason that he went back was more for him. It was more yeah. for him to feel something, maybe. Maybe he was hoping she would fall into his arms and say, Colin, rescue me from this from this guy. You know, maybe he's, yeah. he's a bit of a fantasist, isn't he, Maybe Colin? he is a bit of a romanticist. Um, okay. So this is in the shockers. This is where I put the mama Featherington entrapping her daughter into marrying cousin Jack. That was my shocker. Um, yeah. I mean, it backfired. Ultimately, I think karma, wasn't it? Mm. Am I getting... Does that happen? Yeah, okay. So ignore what I just said because I've also watched the next episode. But um, I was surprised that she went that far. I <laughs> It was she... awful what she did. Don't you think, really? Very clever, though. And it makes perfect sense. They don't want a, uh, an intruder coming to the house. And, and yeah. you know, so I think she's very clever. And the way that she looks at Lord Featherington, like, yeah, checkmate, bitch. Also, I've though, I was you. expecting him to be angry. Um, mm, she's very... really effed him over big time. Uh, so I was surprised that he was just so, like, placid about the situation. Uh, in this episode, I don't remember getting much of a reaction of him. Do we see in this episode? So yeah like he's just not very vocal like when they're caught in the orangery he's just stood there and he just doesn't really (laughs) I don't know I just found him quite placid I thought he would respond. How many many men do you think have been entrapped in this way in the past? It makes you wonder doesn't it? Because you run the risk of of course them saying no no nothing's happened and then your child their reputation's gone down the drain. So it is a gamble because you can't but guarantee. But the same, the same way, it depends if a man has honour because if he doesn't have honour, he'd be like, nah, your daughter's just a slut. <laughs> I'm just going to walk away from this situation. Like, <laughs> it's never the man's reputation. He'll just be called a rake, you know? It's always the woman's reputation that means, that, that suffers, it's not the man. So he, you know, men could have just said no. Kind of they what did I mean. that, didn't they? Yeah, That's kind of what I mean. Like, if in the past women thought about like let's entrap a guy, well, actually, like you said, Chris, he there is that sense of honor, but equally, he could walk away. It's the woman that's going to pay. Yeah, so unfortunately, and actually, I think you're right. Sorry, I think at, at the end of this episode, we find out that Lord Featherington is in fact poor. He's totally destitute, okay. isn't he? Yeah. So I suppose this is Lady Featherington's kind of cup up and I always feel like. I suppose her one character trait is that she's always striving and calculating and she's mm. a strategic player. So if they say, okay, fine, uh, everything's fine. Penelope's, uh, what's her face, is going to marry, Prudence is going to marry Captain, not Captain Jack, <laughs> Cousin Jack. Um, Captain everything's Jack's sold. Star, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then Lady Featherington no longer has a character arc or storyline. So I feel like, oh, it's always going to be her solving problems. She's a grafter, isn't she? That's yeah. what she does. Yeah. Um, okay, so that was one of the shockers. I thought it was really well done. And I did you think that the mum that played... Who's the mum of the Cowper lady? What's her first name? Oh, I don't know. She's a teeny character, isn't she? So the mum, Mama Cowper, is standing there and she's like, she knows what's happened. 
she looks like she knows what's happened, that this guy's been interrupted. She's like, you're a guy of honour, you've got to do it. To me, it looked like that she knew exactly yeah. what had been done. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I kind of liked it. I mean, I don't really like the Cowpers. Um, so I guess it was kind of nice to see them screwed over. But they're not really screwed over because they've just been they've just been um, lucky enough to escape a marriage in which their daughter oh, would be married to a penniless. So actually... Actually, yeah, you're right. Victory for them. Um, yeah. Any other shockers on this episode? Uh, I've no, I've got more eye rolls now rather than shockers. Do you have any more shockers? I've got a few. I was shocked by the scoundrel dancing with Eloise. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I feel like Eloise could have handled it better. I thought he was quite funny. Like when he was like, oh, we should add Brandy to the punch. Like he's, I suppose it's supposed to represent that her mother has misunderstood her. And, he, she, and she's like, oh, you'll like this guy because he's fun and spirited. Um, whereas Eloise isn't interested in pulling pranks like that. She's interested in more radical ideas. So do you think that whole scene was about her mother just misunderstanding her daughter? What I do now, mm. I did not get that at all before. But yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because after um, she breaks away from the dance and the mum, mama, uh, Mother Bridgerton follows her, she says, I am not. And, and the Mother Bridgerton's like, oh, I only invited him for you because he's like, you know, fun. And Eloise is like, that's not who I am. Like, basically, I, I know I'm a disappointment to you. You don't understand who I am. And I thought it was really sad. That was super sad. I thought the mum said something like, I invited him with you in mind because he's like a thinker, he's interesting. I didn't think she invited this guy for any other reason except that she genuinely thought that they shared a sense of, I don't know, like they they shared similar values. And so I felt a bit bad for the mum that then Eloise turned around and kind of set her straight a little bit. And I thought it was really sad that Eloise said, I know I'm a disappointment to you. Yeah. And the mum didn't say anything to counter. Oh, I know. She just looked down. I was like, oh my God, say something. Say she's not. Say you're proud of her. Say anything. And she didn't. Yeah. Um, when I first saw this couple dance, I thought, oh my God, Eloise has met her match. There was a bit of banter. And then I really liked it when she says about having a conversation. He says, let's go and water down the punch with alcohol or whatever. Mm. And she says, you would rather add rum to the punch than engage in meaningful conversation. And he said, you would rather count your steps. Because earlier on in the conversation, uh, he had tried to talk to her. And she was like, please don't talk to me and counting my steps. And I was like, that was like a witty repertoire, whatever the word is, where they're like bouncing off each other. And I was like, oh my God, Eloise has met her match. Is this going to go somewhere? And so I was a bit disappointed when she just didn't give him a chance and she stormed away. And I was like, come on, Eloise. Like, I don't know. I agree. I I do think that she needs to learn to moderate her her behaviour a little bit because what she then did was like, they're hosting this party. She stops. She walks away, he grabs her arm, she creates a scene. And I think there are ways in which you can defuse a situation without being so mm. reactive. Um, and maybe she, I guess she's just trying to find herself. She's trying to find out how to react to things. But Yeah, I, you're right. Like I, she's an intelligent woman, isn't she? It'd be nice if she used her her wit and her conversation to offend rather than get let I suppose she lets her emotions take over and she, and she has to quit. But I guess she'll grow into that. Exactly. So I think, you know, she had better banter with him than I could have come up with. Mm. Um, and she's really young. 
but I don't think we've seen the last of him because the only thing I didn't like that made me think we have seen the last of him is that he grabbed her arm and that was quite aggressive. Oh really? I didn't notice that. Yeah, and so even nowadays, I think if a guy or woman goes to grab your arm, that is quite an aggressive thing to do. And he was like, he was like, stay on the dance floor. And I was like, oh dear, I feel like maybe you're not going to come back now because that feels oh, a little yeah. bit over the line. Because he said something like, people are watching us, and she was like, oh, I know what what makes your measure, or I know what you're really interested in, just to say, you really care about what people think more than anything else. Uh, yeah, you're right. So unfortunately, I think before he had done that, and he's been kind of painted as a bad man now, uh... but. It would be really interesting to see him come back again, I think. Maybe he grows and she grows. I think there's something there. That's one of my predictions anyway. I'm Um, starting to think... Oh, no, I'll I'll leave that for the predictions later on. Okay. Um, How did... This is more of a question that I have, so I'll come back to that. Um, One of my shockers, Chris, I can't even... I'm always embarrassed to say it. Go on. I don't know why I find it really embarrassing. What was the most embarrassing part of this whole episode for you? I don't know. I don't think there was anything massively embarrassing. Okay, when I tell you this, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. That moment where, oh, God, Anthony at the end of the episode runs out of the building and he says, Miss Sharma. And... And Kate goes, yes, and he says, oh, it was meant for an arena. No, no. <gasps> oh, my God, I forgot about that. That's right at the end. Right, right, right at the last scene. Oh, oh that my was all God. On so many levels. So, firstly, the fact that he acknowledges that Kate thinks that he was speaking to her and says, no, no, that was meant for your sister. And then he doesn't even acknowledge Kate. And then he oh, proposes no. to her sister in front of Kate. Like, she's going to be feeling really invisible and rejected. And also, they've had no... He owes her an explanation. And that's what I found really frustrating. After his talk with Daphne, why doesn't he go into the room and say, look, we clearly have an attraction, but I can't make this work with you. I am going to marry your sister. I guess for dramatic effect. This reminds me of when we were at our aunt's wedding. And I think I was like, I don't know, 16. And one of the guys came over and I to ask one of us to dance I thought it was gonna be me and I think I might have already popped my hand out I was about to put my <laughs> hand out and he asked you to dance and you were sitting next to me and I was like oh this is embarrassing oh so my... that... it did, did that happen that happens oh yeah. my god hang on no same no, no. situation so does that make me Edwina um in this situation which means I'm gonna get the guy in the end so yeah you're Edwina in this situation that was my fear yeah. that's hilarious I wish I could remember that so you had you were doing a prudence because prudence is all like <laughs> look at my ring but don't touch like yes. loving life yes um, I was doing a prudence thinking everything was about me how um, did you recover from that situation maybe I did a bit of a hair flick I don't know like it a really exaggerated hair <laughs> <laughs> it also happened to me in work the other day you know when like someone looks over at you and you wave mm. and then you wave back and you turn around and they're actually waving at someone behind you so embarrassing that happened to me the other week and it was really embarrassing that's happened so many times before and now I'm the other way where someone will will smile at me or even talk to me and I'll just assume they're not talking to me that there's someone <laughs> behind me 
and then you look at it it's either way it's awkward but yeah I've done both I really hated that because I felt like that showed so little regard for her feelings but then I was like Kate why would you think he was talking to you because you're there for Edwina Edwina is the star of the show so why would he be talking to you yeah but really Kate and Anthony are the ones in love not Anthony and uh, Edwina and I guess Kate didn't have the time to kind of cover it up because because they weren't expecting him to come out but what annoyed me is Anthony clearly needs to not marry her and he had an out and when this whole thing with the inheritance came up I was like oh this is how they're going to do it because obviously we haven't read the books we don't know what's going to happen I was like oh this is how they're going to get out of the whole awkward uh, proposal and now Anthony can not marry her and he can get with Kate later on and when he came out with the ring I was like oh for god's sake there's no way you can get out of this now I was really I disappointed. am so confused so is that in episode four have I have I got the med- episodes meddled up you know, they were leaving, weren't they? And, and, and Edwina was like, oh, he's not going to propose. And I'll go back and there'll be other people interested. And then he follows them with the engagement ring, right? That's right. But we don't know anything about any, in- we don't know anything about okay. any inheritance yet. Okay, that must be, I must be getting confused again. I cannot okay. watch two episodes <laughs> at the same time <laughs> because my brain cannot divide what happened in episode six and what happened <laughs> in episode five. So It's hard. It is hard. Um. I'm not messing it up though, just you. So it's not that hard. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah I just got to make notes, Chris, and defy the sections <laughs> of the <did>. line. <laughs> or create um, a table on Word. Either um, way, it peed me off that I felt like he could have not proposed and he bloody oh, did. And I think Kate was pissed off too, no? I think it was really harsh. Why did he just say Miss Edwina Sharma? Yeah. Just a bit insensitive, Anthony. And like the constant chewing of fur and like I can't handle it. Do you not think that would have sounded weird if he was like, Miss Edwina Sharma? <laughs> They'd be like, what are you doing? Just say Miss Sharma. And she would have been like, if you're going to call me that, it's a no. Like, I'm not interested in being yeah. one. And, and she says, yes, I'll be your Viscount. And I was like, oh. oh. Yeah, that's what she's really interested in. The effing title. I said this yeah. in the other episode. You called it. You called that was it. her first thought was the title. And I was like, you don't really love him. And I said this in the last episode when... Kate was trying to reassure her when he hadn't proposed and she he was she was like you can go back to town there's lots of guys interested and she kind of Edwina really perked up and I was like okay so you mm. don't love Anthony then you're very fickle yeah there is that sense isn't there um one of the other shocking scenes for me is when after the dance Kate follows Anthony into the study and I know we've already touched on this a little bit but what I found particularly shocking was how it went from him being annoyed at her and her trying to find out why to him getting up in her grill and saying, you hate me. And she's like, I hate you. But they were saying it, but I wasn't feeling that that's what they were really saying. I felt like they were they were saying, I hate you and you hate me. Test. But the really, they were saying, I really, 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 really like you times 100. And then he gets really close and says if you tell me you feel nothing for me I'll walk away and I was like this is shocking that's hot this is shockingly hot (laughs) do you know it's a really again I I know I always say this okay 
it's a really common trope where you have two characters, again, like Pride and Prejudice, one of the original tropes, hate each other, but then start to fall for each other. Mm. And I like it normally, but I feel like the way they're doing it in this series is just not quite right. Mm. It's just something not quite right in the way it's done. It's almost like they don't have enough gentle moments. I don't know. I was on board with what you were saying until I watched this episode because I just feel like he ca- we see both of them care for each other so much more in the library mm. scene and even in this scene yeah. I just I really I feel like we need more moments though where they bond I think that's my issue there's mm. only been maybe two or three moments where they bonded so the bit where they fall in the lake and he gets upset because he can see his father's memorial and she clocks it. The bit with the bee sting and then the bit in the library. And I just, for me, there's not enough. I don't feel like he knows her. She's learning about him. Mm. How's he learning about her? Maybe she could talk more about India or she made that brief comment about her dad. And I was like, I feel like he needs to get, he needs to see her vulnerability maybe a little bit more. That would have been nice for him to ask, how did your dad die? yeah that would have been lovely yeah I think you're right I think um it's basically just it's moved really quickly and it feels like he becomes enraptured with her you can see it he becomes like he can't get enough um but I guess we want more substance we want to feel like we understand more we need an event don't we yeah so these those for me were the shockers um, anything else you want to add to that section? No, we have covered everything. Okay, so what other sections do we have left? I think it was just questions and predictions, wasn't it? Got so many. I actually created an extra section called lols because I couldn't get these ideas out of my head and I had to I had to run them past you. Okay, go for it. Okay, should we start with predictions first? Okay. Um, I think that Colin might go on a raking spree. I'd like to think so, Nat, but he's too boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, Colin. Okay, Colin. What would you need to see from Colin to, to redeem I need him? to see some personality. I need to see <laughs> some charisma. I need to see something, Colin. I'm sorry. It's not working for me. So what are we saying? What could Bridgerton do to turn it around? Join the circus, go gay. Um... <laughs> go gay is always an option. I don't even know if that's an option in real life. <laughs> it's just because you don't see many like homosexual storylines in Regency Christian drama TV shows. Yeah, they've completely got rid of the gay characters that we had in series one. Like, what's happening with them? I um... wonder if it's because in season three there's going to be a lot of homosexual stuff, and they want to they want to create a theme maybe what's your next one okay let me have a little look do you have any whilst I scroll through my notes I think are we on prediction sorry yeah um I think I was wrong about the coachman Eloise (laughs) I was so adamant that was a thing and then I've noticed like he's kind of disappeared and like hmm and now she's got a little bit of I think you're right about Theo yeah, I was I wrong know. about the coachman. I'm disappointed. I was. I thought the coachman and her had something, and then I saw that today when she goes into like the dodgy part of town, she's got a maid with her, and I was like, oh, I guess the coachman's out then. Yeah. I'm um, unless there's a lesbian storyline in the pipelines, I don't know. I'm not getting a vibe off 
of Eloise though. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, that's, I think her and Theo, maybe something will happen there. I think Theo's already married or he's already committed. I think we're going to see Eloise form her first crush with Theo and then develop from that and then find love elsewhere. That's my feeling. What do you think? Yeah, um, it's really hard to avoid spoilers on Facebook, to be honest, and I've seen... Oh, no. See, yeah. I, don't, I don't go on it, so don't ruin it for me. No, but I think you're quite good with what you've picked up on. Um, oh! Um, yeah. Okay, okay, cool. This is cool. Um, and then I said, will Prudence marry Lord Featherington? I'm not feeling it. But I don't know how they're going to get out of that situation with Prudence's reputation intact. Um, I think I th they will marry. <gasps> no, I, I just don't will. think they will. What makes you think they will? Because Lady Featherington will not be willing to, which I, I think fair play Lady Featherington. Like sometimes you do things that's a bit borderline, but she's not willing to sacrifice Prudence's uh, reputation mm. um, for anything, which I thought was quite nice. Even I like if it means that they'll have to struggle. Like she'll just come up with another plot, I think. Yeah, I I was wrong because I actually really thought that Lady Featherington and Lord Featherington might have a bit of a thing. And actually I mm. thought there might be something sexual there when they kind of meet together and it was like checkmate. And he's like, actually, you've just screwed us over because I was gonna marry Lady Culper or whatever she's called. And I was like, hang on, we've got a making of great minds here. They're both conniving, they're both manipulative. I would like to see those two get together. But I don't know if that's gonna happen yeah, now. Yeah, I was... did, yeah. So that's uh, that... it's disappointing, mm. unless Prudence dies. Oh god, no, I hope not. That's brutal, brutal but necessary for the plot oh to go god. forward. <laughs> <laughs> um oh. my other prediction is that I think Colin is gonna uncover who Lady Whistledown is. Oh God, what makes you think that? Because when they are doing that proposal and um, Penelope is like, oh, you know, there's nothing much to report except for actually this one thing. When the proposal happened, you've got the Bridgertons oh, and then you've shit. literally got um, Pen. And I don't know who else was there, but I was like, you're going to give it away, love. Your desire to be like ahead of the game, you're going to give yourself yeah. away. You know what? That's not the only hint of that as well. Do you remember when she's sat with Eloise and those two girls having tea mm. and um, the girl says something like, oh, the only thing that I find entertaining is Lady Whistledown, but she'll have nothing to report this week. And uh, Penelope's like, really? And they're like, yeah, because obviously we're all here. Mm. Um, and I thought, oh dear, if Penelope now reports on what happened that weekend, like you just said, they'll know that Lady Whistledown was there. Mm. So she's she's going to get caught. Yeah. I kind of want Colin to catch her. That would add something to his personality, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, and he gets angry with her. And he kind of, they have this passionate argument and he kind of grabs her and he's like, oh, I can't believe you're Lady Whistledown. And then they kiss. You know, when yeah. they're like, I like that. Yeah, I like that. And maybe what he's done is he's got little clippings and like he's got, you know, in the FBI rooms where they're trying to track down a murderer with like yeah. red string and yeah. maps and stuff, he's like, he's gone AWOL and like his whole room is just this. And he's like, I know who Lady Whistledown is. And then they have passionate sex on the table. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. Mm. I think he needs to do something. He, needs he does. Function. Please, Colin, do something. Anything. Do it. Nike, just do it. Yeah. Um, 
I have some eye roll moments, mm-hmm. by the way. Daphne's being a bit of a bitch. Yeah, she can't help but get involved. She says, I barely know the woman my brother was going to marry. You knows her name. You know she called Edwina. So why are you yeah. say, well, why are you being I so think cold? She, no, I agree. She's really hard to get to know because I think she's always got this facade of, mm. I'm the little diamond. Mm-hmm. This is me. Um, I'm going to say things that are very polite. You can't get to know her. That's what I mean when I say she's got no personality. Like, okay, fine. She has a personality, but she's just not showing it. She's not yeah. honest and open like Kate is. And she criticizes Edwina for being exactly the same. And when she sits yeah. down with Edwina and they're playing cards with uh, Mama Bridgerton and Lady Danbury, I found her conversation a little bit condescending. Um, it felt like she was attacking Edwina. She was like, oh, you know, the best thing about having a party there is spending time with your family and family. But you've got to choose the right husband. And I was like, you oh. know she's interested in your brother. Why would you say that? And then she yeah. says, that, and then Edwina says, oh, you know, this is what I, I know what I look for in a husband, X, Y, and Z. And, and then yeah. Daphne goes, forward brow. Yeah. Really? I wouldn't. And I was like, you are being combative. You are undermining what, Edwina. What I thought was also extra condescending is when uh, Edwina's like, oh, yes, I got my sister and Lord Bridgerton to go hunting together to spend more time together alone. Isn't it a wonderful plan? And Daphne's like, yeah, it's an interesting plan. Like straight away, she's like, your plan is trash. Yeah. Um, and she I, was kind of surprised. And I do think. Edwina is obviously very, uh, what's the word? Innocent, um, naive, naive. Yeah. yeah. And Daphne, but Daphne's kind of rude. You're right. Like Edwina could be like, "What do you mean?" Honestly, I really don't like it. And she was like that in the last episode with the crochet. Like the whole, oh, I it pains me to clap. I don't understand. I don't like it. I don't think it's very kind. Um, can I just say that I eye rolled when Kate hitches up her dress when she climbs over a log why because if I genuinely hated a guy and I thought he was bad for you my sister the last thing I would do is sexualize myself and show him a bit of my thigh but we disagree I would never do that I I genuinely think that wasn't intentional but dresses regency dresses um aren't ideal for walking in a forest or doing any kind of activity because women weren't supposed to do that they're not supposed to go hunting and stuff so I just think it was just an inconvenience to hitch the dress out of the way. She wasn't thinking. I, I really did not think it was done on purpose. I agree with hitching the dress up, but it was to her thigh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was I too it was much. But I guess that's just them just trying to sexualize the would show. You, would you do that in front of my boyfriend? I do it all the time when you're not around. <laughs> <laughs> if we were out walking together, would you hitch up your dress in front of me and show me a bit of your thigh I'd wait until you were looking the other way and then yeah I would do it but would you do it all the way up to your thigh uh yeah (laughs) wow I am Edwina and you are Kate in this situation um um let's put it on Facebook and see what our listeners think I think you're I think you're being too accusational so what are we saying what is the question that we're posing here did she do it on purpose um, but or she not. did. What are you saying? Like some butterflies lifted her cotton dress. <laughs> <laughs> like, she I was really... not doing it for Anthony to, to look at her thigh. But I so, did like his reaction. The, the, the question is, did Kate, Kate show her thigh on purpose? Yes. 
for a woman that's a tomboy who cares you know, she went into a, a mud puddle and took a shot at a golf ball she didn't care about getting mud then did she I don't think she was doing it for the mud. I think she was doing it to just, you're overthinking this. She just step over a log. And if you try to do that with your dress on, it would probably tear. I get that. But she's what, 27? She's had lots of practice. They probably did that in finishing <laughs> school. How do you climb over? How do you, and also there were two other guys watching. Maybe there was a gust of wind. So she just hitched the dress up and because it's silky, there was a gust of wind. It just Marilyn Monroe over. I just think it was very inappropriate. And I just I just don't think that the maid following her would have done the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, okay, would love to agree that I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's consistent with the idea that she hates him. Like, if you hate someone, like, you think they are horrible, you, you, you wouldn't do that. Anyway, I'll let it go for now, but okay, not forever. Yeah, let's move on. Okay, fine. <laughs> I was already moving on, but whatever. <laughs> um, can I just ask really quickly, an eye roll moment. Daphne keeps speaking to her brother about how you need to find someone that you share similarities with. And I really like it when he looks down, he bites his tongue like he's like, oh, I think I found someone, but he won't allow himself to admit it. But why is she, why is Daphne going on and on and on about you've got to find someone that shares similarities to you? What similarities did she have with the Duke when she got together with him? Like, why is she throwing, like, why is she shoving this down our throat? This idea of if you find someone you have similarities with, then that's the person for you. I think she just knows that Edwina is not the right woman for her brother. And Mm. she really doesn't want, she wants him to have a love match like herself. And I think that's quite normal, isn't it? We want the best for our family. She knows that he just wants her as a diamond and she's just not for him she knows her brother well I guess but it's just the emphasis on finding someone that you've got things in common with I think that would have been quite hard in Regency England because women couldn't shoot women couldn't do a lot of the things that guys used to find exactly. joy in. So I wonder exactly. I wonder why she keeps laboring that point but I suppose than... it's not just about hobbies is it it's about personality they're both uh confident they're both assertive maybe they both got a bit of a temper they're both competitive it's not like oh we both like tennis and we both like reading the same books it's 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 more of a personality thing isn't it than hobbies yeah maybe that's what she's referring to Mm, I think so I've got some questions for you but I just it really hit me actually how sad it must be for Kate because when they they go into that ball Anthony asks Edwina to dance and not her and then we later see Edwina is um, Kate is standing on her own away from all the other women mm. watching her, da- her daughter. That would be a good plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> um, her oh, sister God. dancing. And I think first I think, wow, you know, no one's showing any interest in Kate. And I don't know why not, because she's beautiful. Why isn't she being asked to dance? Yeah, I want that guy to come back. The one yeah. that um, was talking to her at the match. I want people to be interested in her you know she's an attractive woman Mm -hmm. yeah I want it really badly because she's going to be feeling rubbish maybe about herself and also what does the lady have to do to get a glass of lemonade in Venus England yeah she didn't get one at the horse race even though she was obviously you know the sun was beating down like I'm sure anyone would want lemonade I think it was rude when Anthony bought a drink over for uh, Edwina and nothing for Kate I think they wouldn't have done that and he did it again for the dance. She was like, oh, mm. Anthony's going to get me some lemonade. I was like, 
but you're the yeah same. and that's what I don't like this whole intense whispering in her ear I'll walk away if you say you don't love me but they're not even getting you a glass of lemonade yeah he, I, I guess he's trying to be over careful in front of Edwina. Again, it's very deceitful. And I don't like that either because no. actually Edwina is a sweetheart. Okay, yeah. can I just go through some lols with you before we look mm-hmm. at the questions? I don't know why this is a lol. Oh no, wait, that's a question. Okay, so I love it when um, they're in the conservatory, the orangery conservatory, and Cousin Jack is with, what's she called? The daughter? Prudence and, and Prudence says I would love to marry you cousin Jack <laughs> <laughs> she can't stop calling him cousin Jack in the most inappropriate moments Prudence is my spirit animal I feel like I wouldn't get what was <laughs> happening either um can I just say as well like a slight low like ooh, cheeky when um at the party Penelope asks Colin if he's going to join the hunt and he says no he's off to see her cousin Irina and I think oh it is a kind of hunt that he's going on he's hunting he's hunting Marina a little bit yes yeah okay they're not really low sorry but can I just say what I don't understand is when um Penelope was like oh yeah she doesn't live far from here and I was like so why don't you visit her (laughs) yeah that's your cousin like why aren't you visiting and hanging out Although they all had to travel in horse and carriage, didn't they, to get to the Bridgerton house in the countryside? So mm-hmm. I don't think that that is actually very close to Penelope oh, ordinarily. Sorry, I misunderstood the situation. Okay, it's fine. So I don't know why I had this really weird idea in my head, but um, oh, <laughs> inappropriate. We can just cut it out if you don't like it. Um, but at the start of this episode, Edwina says, um, how is the sting um, ever since that awful creature um, pierced you or pinched you or pierced you, you've been keeping to yourself. And I put foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like it could be like foreshadowing that maybe she's going to get sex. I don't know. Yeah. Um, you know how sometimes you may need to what's a nice way of saying farting pass wind so you know how sometimes you may feel the need to pass wind and so you leave a room that's crowded full of people in order to pass room in a safe space mm-hmm. I was thinking how funny it would be if actually that's what had happened when Kate and Anthony were dancing and he leaves the front <laughs> and says, oh, I've got some wind so he goes <laughs> the, into the office he's like let's all out and it's like a bit of a stink fest but it's fine because it's just him no it's not Kate walks into the door and closes the door how yeah. embarrassing for that him could have ended things right there and then. exactly the same in the library imagine how Kate was like you know what I'm just gonna like let loose a little bit because I'm in my own <laughs> in the library it's two o'clock in the morning yeah. and then Anthony comes in like oh, and it smells just that must <laughs> That must have happened. (laughs) (laughs) So every time I see someone in a room and then someone else enters, I'm like, oh no, did they drop one? Yeah. Not realizing. That's possible, isn't it? Yeah. 100%. So maybe in season three, that could be a theme that pops up. Yep. Um, I got some questions for you. Are you ready? Yes. What do you think Kate is thinking at the start of the episode? Um, when Edwina says to her, I want the Viscount, the family, the house, everything. What do you think Kate's thinking at that point? That she's a spoilt brat? Because that's what I'm thinking. 
<laughs> that sounds really grabby. She doesn't say, I want Anthony because I love him. She says, I want his money in his house, basically. And that's what I don't mm. like. And that's what makes me, when I feel sorry for Edwina, I kind of stop and think, actually, do I? Because of this. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Fam, I'm pretty sure that's not what Kate was thinking, but I like knowing your thoughts. Um, when Edwina says to Kate uh, and to Anthony, my sister's really good at shooting. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, why does Anthony say, of course she is? I think that's him being patronising and it's supposed to be a pot down. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Which I liked. But it reminded me of when they were at the dining table in the previous episode and someone says something like, oh, Kate was quite the handful when she was young. And Anthony was like, I'm sure she was. And I was like, oh, flirty. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I like it when he's flirty. And, you know, at the start of this episode, when um, Edwina says to Kate, the reason why he hasn't asked, Anthony hasn't asked for my hand is because of you. And then Kate pulls a face. Does that face mean that she thinks that Anthony fancies her at this point? Because I basically can't tell. Oh, yeah. What the 100%. other person. Okay. So... Yeah. It was almost <sighs> like the audience was supposed to be like, oh, my God, she's figured it out. And I think Kate was like, oh, my God, she's figured it out for a split second before he realised that actually she hasn't. So this has happened after the panic, the panic attack. So just to, mm. so we're really clear, at this stage, at the beginning of episode three, at the beginning of episode four, do we think that Kate acknowledges that she has feelings for Anthony? And do we think that she thinks he has feelings for her? Is that where we... Because that's why well, I'm really confused. Or she's just worried that Edwina witnessed them in the garden during the bee sting. She was right. clearly worried about that because she was looking around afterwards. Okay, I missed that. So do we think, at the end of episode four, do we think that Kate knows that she's got feelings for the Viscount? That's pretty clear. But do we think that she thinks he does for her? guess so because she's she's aware that they've had moments between them and she does say uh when you when you touched me on the bosom you looked at me in such a way she accuses him of looking at her in a way that wasn't appropriate and I guess in the library scene and in the study scene um he's made it he made it quite clear he was like tell me you do not care for me and he got really close to her so I guess it is clear that he likes her isn't it okay do you think that Sir Philip Crane knows the history between Colin and Marina? I was wondering that. Um, I kind of thought it was inappropriate for her to receive Colin without her husband because of their background. And then I was like, shit, is, he, is the husband going to come home and be really pissed off about that? Because I think you would be. He didn't seem to mind. I think he just thinks, oh, they were friends through the Bridgerton connection or the whatever. I can't tell because I thought he seemed a bit stilted, see, when he entered the household. He was like, right, okay. So I don't know if maybe he is aware. Oh, yeah, because if he reads Lady Whistledown, which I don't know if it reaches where he lives, he will know. And I thought it was weird how he was like, Marina, I will go and see the babies whilst you bid farewell to Colin. And I thought, why are you leaving them alone to say goodbye? Mm. Was that his way of saying... I you say goodbye you. to each other now, you, you end whatever you had. I don't know. I thought it was a sense of, like, he got a sense that this Colin guy isn't a threat. 
Yeah, because he's so boring. <laughs> and he made the olive joke. Like as soon as he heard the olive joke, he was like, oh no, it's, um, it's safe. My wife is safe. I'm going to leave this, this man with my wife. Okay. Do you think Marina and her husband have had sex? I wanted to know this. I don't know why. It was important to me. I thought, oh my God, she's had twins. She's lucky to even be alive because in those days that would have been a really high risk pregnancy. Mm. And then I was thinking also giving birth to twins in the, you know, in that time without any anesthetic or surgery or anything, I bet she's probably not, she's probably sworn off sex for the rest of her life. Yeah. So. But she might've had sex with him before she had the kids when they first got together. Yeah, I'd kind of like to see there a bit more about their relationship. I would like to see a series about the characters in Bridgerton that we don't get to know more about. So I've said this about Lady Danbury. I want to see her history because I bet it's really interesting. Um, and also I'd like to see it with, um, what's she called? Featherington. And maybe actually the ones of all the parents then. I think that could be really cool. Um what I thought was weird as a question is when Anthony and Kate are dancing together, it seems like he's really hot for her. And he says, do you want me to call off the wedding? And she says, it does not matter what I want. And I'm just yeah. really confused because I felt like literally before that dance, he had barely even acknowledged her. But then when he's in her presence and when he's dancing with her, it's like nothing else matters. And I just find that really, that inconsistency really difficult to get my head around. Yeah. I felt like that was a question that came, yeah, far too early. It didn't make any sense. They hadn't spent long enough together. So I agree. I feel like I wish they'd saved that for like the next episode. Yeah. Yeah, because I just feel like he's really hot and then really cold. And if I was Kate, I'd be like, what is going on? He's pretty obvious, to be fair. Okay. I don't understand what Anthony says. He says... It seems you will, th- so they're in the um, the office scene, they've just danced and he's upset because he's learnt that Kate's going to India. And he says, it seems that you will think of any excuse to keep me away from your sister. Yeah. So what, I don't get it. I, I, sorry, I can't remember it out of context. <laughs> Please remember. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically he's like, when are you going to India and are you going to sort out your own match? And she's like, I will be leaving as soon as my sister was married. And he says, it seems, I'm just going to repeat it. It seems you will think think of any excuse to keep me away from your sister. And I was like, hang on. So what are you saying that you think Kate is telling you that she's going to leave for India if you marry the sister? And you're thinking, well, I don't want Kate to leave. I'm really confused. (laughs) I can hear you speaking and I know it's English. But mm. it's just not going in. I have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> right. Should I just pose this as a question for people on Facebook? Yeah. Let's so he's just he's yeah. basically really shocked that she's leaving. I'm gonna try one last time. <laughs> he's really shocked. He's really shocked that she's going away to India. And and I get confused because he says, It why don't you like me? <laughs> he says it I think that you come up with any reasons for me not to marry your sister. And I don't know why he's Please, saying that. He's just baiting her because he's deep down, he's upset and distressed at the thought of her leaving the country and never seeing her again. So he's just baiting her 
he's trying to distract from his jealousy he doesn't want her to know that so I feel like he's just trying to bring the conversation back to the sister but it doesn't really make sense in the context because he's actually quite upset that she's leaving to India yeah and like what he's insinuating is oh this is another reason for me not to marry your sister because if I marry your sister you're gonna leave so it feels like he's insinuating that her leaving India when they marry <laughs> can someone please listen to the show and if you know, say am I leaving for <laughs> India one more time I swear to god I'm gonna lose my shit how can I get someone to help me explain it better I want to um, do a I would just like to never talk about this again but I need closure can someone I'm begging you <laughs> in America I know we've got listeners out there you know what I'm saying right can you help me <laughs> Email. <laughs> don't put it on Facebook because if I don't make sense, I don't want to be shamed. I just don't okay. get why he said that. It just didn't make sense. To if me. anyone listening understands what Nats is talking about right now, please do me a favor and just message us on Facebook. That would be great. <laughs> but if you don't understand, then be nice about also, it. Yeah, I don't shy. message. That's not cool. But if you don't <laughs> message, that means that no one understood. So that's even worse. <laughs> I can't well, be the only person who was confused by what he said, and I just want a bit of clarity there. What did he mean? Okay. By that? fingers crossed someone listening gets it any one person please help (laughs) okay um I've got here when Anthony suggests that someone else dance with Kate is that because he doesn't trust himself to dance with Kate yeah because he's gonna touch her up oh so you got that didn't you you got that all right (laughs) that was a nice simple simple question wow um I've actually got that question down twice about the uh interesting <laughs> thing I really do oh, need an answer me now. <laughs> okay um <laughs> he says I definitely really thought she was helping but actually made it worse didn't she because it made him realize that he maybe does have feelings of love for Kate and he's scared of that and so that's why he proposes to Edwina oh good one Daphne well done Daph um what do you think is going through Kate's head as Anthony is kneeling down and proposing to her sister? Um, shock and disappointment and devastation. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what what you're feeling? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I just, I was annoyed <sighs> at him. I was like, you idiot. What he did was so inappropriate in that office. I felt like he kept saying he was a gentleman, but... That was not very gentlemanly what he did in terms of their facial contact. And just for him to then propose to her sister, it's really so messed gross. up. Yeah. I would be vomiting everywhere. If I was yeah. Kate, I would be vomiting in my mouth. Like, I, I would not be yeah. able to tell you. This is the problem. They didn't communicate the sisters. No. Because actually what Kate's doing, her sister deserves more than her crumbs. Yeah. And and their relationship is uh, completely broken down in my mind. They're no longer honest and open with each other. No. She, Kate's always hiding something, and I really don't like that. No, and she gives her sister no responsibility, no chance to make any decision. You know, she should have just been told all this information from the outset. Um, yes. So in trying to protect her, it, it hasn't been protective, protecting. Um, okay, so can I talk? A, do you have anything else you want to add about this episode before I do a little no. summary of the feedback we've had? So um, we posted a couple of things in the last couple of weeks about episode three, and I think you you posted something about Benedict being delicious when drunk. We really mm-hmm. liked it when he was drunk, and Andrea agrees that Benedict is delicious. So thank you, Andrea. 
Um, Andrea? Andrea, I was sorry. just thinking, <laughs> is this the Spanish thing going it's, on? It's, it's pretty Spanish sure it's Andrea. thing. It is. I'm so okay. sorry. It's because I'm in Spain and they pronounce things in a different way here. So sorry about that. Um, <laughs> Andrea, sorry. Um, season two, episode two. So a little while ago, um, we asked people what the situation was between Anthony looking at Kate at the end of that poetry reading. So if you remember, he finally wins, doesn't he? It was called The Races. He finally wins. He gets Edwina's attention and he he looks over at Kate and we were like, why? Why is he looking over at Kate? Um, and we had someone um, provide a really lovely description. So Robin basically blew my mind and she summarised it in a really lovely way. And she described it as basically, you know, you've got the two leads, Kate and Anthony, trying to best each other in a competitive way. And in that scene, Kate's upset because Edwina's chosen Anthony and she's annoyed. But what I really liked that Robin highlighted here is that Anthony is glad that he's finally won access to Edwina and he's bested the thorny sister. And he's looking at Kate to see how she's handling it. But for him, it was about the thrill of the chase to get access to Edwina. And now that he's won what he thought he wanted, he's already missing the chase and competition. And that's mm. what that look between him and Kate was about. And I loved that. So thank you so much for that, yeah. Robin. That was really nicely put. And oh, what she also said as well is that the races was the theme of the episode. It didn't just refer to the horse race, but the obsessive competition between the two leads. Nice. Nicely put. Um, we also asked your guys' opinion on the bee sting situation. So season two, episode three, um, we were we we liked the acting, but we weren't comfortable with how Kate reacted in a sexual way. Is that your understanding of where we left things, Chris? That was more you. Oh, I don't I I put all here. the blame on Kate. I didn't put okay. all the blame on Kate. I felt that sure. you were slut shaming a little bit, oh, if I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> you have turned. I can't quite knife in my back. Okay. <laughs> so I remember you not liking the bee sting. Scene. Yeah, but yeah, if anyone for wants different to, reasons. Okay, but if anyone wants to confirm that Chrissy's lying right now and she doesn't have the balls to admit that she was wrong, <laughs> please listen to episode three. But basically, we had like over 90 comments and nearly everyone said that they loved the beasting scene. <laughs> so I think we need to rewatch that, Chris. Um, a lot of people said that they loved seeing Anthony's emotional response, his emotional vulnerability, and that they felt that that was the moment he realised his love for Kate. What do you think about that then, Chris? Um, oh, I don't know. What What are your thoughts? I don't think it's when he realises he loves Kate at this point, but I think it's when he realises that he cares for her. I don't think he realises he loves her until episode four, when, Kate, when um, Daphne has a chat with him about what happened, what she's just seen in the office. Mm. And he's like, what yeah. feelings and love? So that's my personal perspective. But mm. 90 people can't be wrong, can they, Chris? I think I'm probably... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, that was unpopular. Like, we didn't like the bee sting. Yeah, but most people on Facebook seem yeah. to really enjoy it. So. And I would like to Fair revisit play. it. I would like to revisit it. I do yeah. think it's powerful. And I did appreciate it more now, actually, in terms of the lead up to episode four. So I, I am definitely more on board. Um, but what people were saying is that it varied differently from the book, which is what you were saying, Chris. Yeah. I thought the book bit sounded so strange. He's sucking the venom out. Like, I don't even know if that's possible. Really want to know if that's possible. And also and apparently even pulls down her top, her bodice. So I was like, oh my wow. God. Now, I kind of, I kind of would like to have seen that, but that would have been the episode eight kind of thing. No, not episode four, three. Yeah. 
Um, and also, did anyone see them in the book then, or did they get yeah, away with apparently, it? Apparently, <gasps> apparently, Lady Whistledown, uh, not Lady Whistledown, uh, uh, Danbury and Mama Bridgerton. Uh, no, yeah. no, oh, that's awful, and, and then that compromised them, and then. And then they have to, oh, I don't know, I don't want to say because it kind of gives it away. What yeah, don't happen. tell me. Well, I want to know, but I don't want to know. Yeah, um, exactly. Apparently, they say that you should not suck venom out because it will enter the body even more quickly. So well done, Anthony. Oh, good one. Good one. Oh, no, what if that's what he did to his dad and that's why his dad died? Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, still, I need, it needs a bit more research, but I don't know. They say you should remove the sting as quickly as possible. But don't suck the venom out. Cool it down with ice cubes. Like, guys, you're getting a free first aid session. <laughs> um, don't scratch. And call a doctor. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> yeah, we've covered everything. Cool. Is there anything else you had? No, I don't think so. I think that's everything. Cool. Um, I'm just going to throw a little advert out there. So if you want your own Regency Bridgerton themed newspaper and you want a gossip column, uh, head to the link in our bio and you get 10% off a cool physical Regency newspaper. Uh, And come and say hi on Facebook and let us know what you think. Uh, We have to be the Bridgerton girls, not the Bridgerton bitches, because Facebook bans the B word. Uh, Anything else from you, Nat? No, that's all good for today. Thank you. Great. Thanks for listening and click the bell to subscribe so we'll be releasing the next episode in a week's time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.